It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy Thursday means that is a crossover Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us on Locked on Auburn whenever and wherever and however you may be listening today. Uh, Coming up on today's show, Michael and I, uh, of course, Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, we're going to be joined by John Neighbors of Locked On Arkansas or Locked On Razorbacks, excuse me. So uh, we're just going to jump right into that. Uh, due to the way we recorded it, it's going to sound a little clunky transition-wise, but I'm going to let John take over. It's going to be a fun podcast, a little different from what we normally do, but with the game coming up against Auburn this weekend and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we like to do a little crossover promotion, and that's what we're going to do today as I welcome in Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas, who are the host of Locked On Auburn Podcast. Fellas, really appreciate you setting this up and helping me do this, and I know that uh, so we're going to do a little uh, across uh, podcasting here. So how's everything going in Auburn land? Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, um, I, I guess uh, I think we're handling things from this past weekend a lot better than a lot of the folks down here. Um, you know, Auburn's trip to Athens wasn't exactly fun to watch, but here we are and, uh, you know, getting ready for Auburn, Arkansas. But yeah, John, always look forward to uh, chatting with you. I think we've done this three or four years in a row now as far as kind of previewing this Auburn Arkansas matchup so I think it'll be fun yeah well actually I wanted to ask y'all because you know I I will admit seeing Auburn's offense struggle is one of my favorite things so far this season (laughs) and it has nothing to do with Auburn personally it just has to do with the fact that it's Chad Morris as Mm. the offensive coordinator I mean again I I, I'm not saying I'm rooting against Auburn because it's Auburn I'm rooting against Auburn's offense, if, if that can make sense. If y'all can go undefeated the rest of the way, uh, winning games 3-2, to two, that's fine, just as long as the offense does not work, because I am taking so much pride and so much happiness in seeing the offense struggle right now. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, the, the fans were kind of shell-shocked to some extent. I mean, you look at what they did against Kentucky week one, there was some excitement, there was some big plays, and then obviously what they did against Georgia was a disaster, an absolute, absolute disaster but, I mean, John, I mean, were you able to see all of the hype uh, from Auburn over the offseason about how excited they were for Chad Morris? And Michael and I bought into it. We were excited about the tight end. Auburn fans have been begging for them to throw to the tight end for, for years, as long as I've been covering the team. And you're seeing a little bit more of that. But, I mean, just there's this big debate among Auburn fans this week about, like, is it the scheme? Is it the play calling? Or does the offensive line just stink? And, uh, I mean, Michael, you may have a different angle on it than me. We've kind of gone back and forth about this. But to me, like, I don't really see an issue as far as the scheme yet, John. I I think the offensive line's just really bad. Yeah, John, you just described my nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Because then Auburn would keep winning games and everyone would be complaining about how bad they are. Uh, And we would be sitting here like, "Uh, but they're they're 7-1. and <laughs> the defense is holding opponents to two points per game. <laughs> Man, it, it, it's funny because uh, you know you guys were talking about the hype and, and all of that. Um, I'm gonna be honest; like, 
I, I understand because I kind of bought into the hype when Chad Morris got hired at Arkansas because I was like, okay, you know, this guy's a, a really good offensive mind and he's a guru and he's got a lot of connections in Texas, which is big for recruiting, as we all know. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe this will work out. And it didn't. But here's the thing. When Auburn hired him as OC, and I saw some of the people buying in, the excitement surrounding it uh, in Auburn, I was like, okay, here's my thing, though, guys. It'd be one thing if Chad Morris went 2-10 and back-to-back years as head coach at Arkansas, but the quarterback situation was pretty good. Or the offense, you could see, hey, yeah, this offense is pretty effective because that's what he's supposed to be known for. That's what he's supposed to be. But it wasn't at all. It w- like So even the thing that he was supposed to be good at, he was terrible at. And so when he got hired at Auburn, I'm like, and unless he was just sabotaging the Arkansas program, which I have a conspiracy theory on, mind you. Uh, we'll get to that in a second then. And, yeah, unless he was doing that, I, I, just, I just looked at it as, all right, I don't see why they, anyone thinks that this guy is going to go to Auburn and all of a sudden, oh, now he knows how to coach. Now he knows how to have an offense. Now he knows how to get it done. I just never saw it. Yeah, I mean, was uh, w- 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 Saturday the worst day possible for for Chad Morris? I mean, a, a terrible outing offensively against Georgia, and then Arkansas wins their first game and you know multiple seasons. It's like, oh, man, that is uh, not a good look for Chad Morris in prime time on Saturday night. Yeah, I can tell you why why I kind of gave Chad Morris a little pass, and that's because he inherited what he inherited from from Brett Belima, who just ran about the opposite system as Chad Morris did uh, on offense. Just from a size of your players, a what you're you know what you're asking them to do. Um, before, I think it was before Chad Morris's first game. Um, there was a story. It might have been on game day. It might have just been in a pregame or something. That was about how, you know, he had to have all the offensive linemen just start trying to shed weight because Belima was having them do the opposite. Uh, Belima wanted them all to be large human beings. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Sam Pittman and Brett Belima look very similar on the sideline, right? I I'm not just making that up. That's not in my head. Oh come on now! Don't be don't be starting to insult the man already after getting a win. Don't say he's compared to Brett Bielema. That guy. Well, here's the thing: like, if you want to look at it from, you know, hey, they're just big guys. That's one. But hey, when Brett Bielema came to Arkansas, he was he wasn't small, but he wasn't big. It was uh, a little bit of the uh, you know getting a little comfortable, getting fat and happy, you know, and also sipping back on Grandpa's old cough medicine a little too much is what made him get to that point. So. I mean, I guess in like just be having big dudes, yeah, I guess that would be the comparison. But you're gonna you're gonna upset some Razorback fans if you start, you know, talking about their boy like that and comparing him to Brett Bielema, which a lot of people still have a lot of hatred here. I mean, do, I'm sorry. I mean, do, do Arkansas fans? I mean, are are they all in on Pittman? I know when they made that announcement that he was going to be the next head coach over the course of the off season, there was kind of some mixed feelings across the SEC. I mean, uh, what was the feeling then, and then what's the feeling now, or is it about the same? Oh, yeah, it's, they won uh, a game. What do you think? The yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. like it's like uh, everyone's all in on Pittman right now because yeah, he won a game and they hadn't won in twenty straight against SEC opponents. So that alone, of course, as we all know, winning's going to cure everything. Yeah, but it's it's honestly more than that because Sam Pittman was like able to not only come in uh, as a guy who's never been a head coach before, but he like he he legitimately loves Arkansas. Like Chad Morris didn't give a rip about Arkansas. He didn't even move his family to Fayetteville. 
like in his well, entire his two son years. was playing Texas high school football. Yeah, but but the thing is, is I, I'm I, even if that's the case, okay, then bring him up in the Northwest Arkansas because it, or don't get hired because that is a problem for people to have where it's like you're not only is your family not living here, but then you're flying down every Friday night to go watch your son play football, which I understand from the family perspective. But you're also a football coach, like at a major university. Sacrifices have to be made if you get hired, which, uh, you know, I, I personally at the time I didn't have a problem with. But I look back on him like, yeah, it probably wasn't the best thing. But the point is, is that uh, Sam Pittman was like, he's all in on Arkansas. He loves the university. He loves the area. He hired a tremendous staff. Getting Barry Odom was huge. And we see how well yeah. that's paying off. The recruiting is going really well as far as Arkansas standards go. Uh, he, he's just a guy that. You know, there's not a lot of controversy. There's not a lot of stupid, silly sayings like left lane Hammertown and full tilt boogie and one rate or uh, uncommon, whatever Brett Bielman's was. It's just simple. Like it's just football. So he he's starting to really gain a lot of favor for Razorback fans because they feel like he's building something. And it's going to take a few years to really see how good of a coach he is, of course. But as far as we know right now and from what he's done so far, he's doing all the right things by Arkansas fans. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment about everything going on between Auburn and Arkansas. So Alabama has the fourth highest tax rate on distilled spirits in the country when you look at it per gallon. So if you buy two handles of liquor in the state of Alabama, you're going to be taxed almost 20 bucks. Georgia, far lower, 37th in the country with a tax rate of $3.79 per gallon. That's almost a $16 difference. And because of this tax difference, if you just go to the other side of the state line, I mean, Frisky Whiskey is just way cheaper than all of your ABC stores. So be sure to check out Frisky Whiskey. They are on uh, the really the first exit when you get into West Point, Georgia. I got some buddies coming in town. We're actually going to um, either go to Frisky Whiskey Friday afternoon slash evening or Saturday morning uh, because... It's uh, The selection is incredible, the value is incredible, and that is at Frisky Whiskey. So just type it in your GPS if you're not confident in where you're going, and it'll take you right to it. It's, uh, it's awesome. So Frisky Whiskey. Also, uh, today's show is also sponsored by our great friends at Homefield. Homefield Apparel, they make premium vintage licensed college apparel. There's still buzz on the interwebs about them launching their Auburn line. And uh, these folks are expanding like crazy. They're growing like crazy because their product is so good. It's so, so clean, all of their designs. But it's not like, you know, and they actually posted a meme on uh, one of their socials the other day, um, kind of taking a, a dig at, you know, all right, you may get a cool shirt, you know, for $15 on campus and it's got a nice design, but like, it's not going to be comfortable. And so, I mean, the, the, the apparel at home field is top notch. So they have their unique historical design, incredibly comfortable, and you can get yours 20% off if you use promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, simple as that, at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn at homefieldapparel.com. My favorite thing that I've heard about Pittman, and you brought it up in your interview on Locked On Razorbacks earlier in the in the week, I think it was on your Tuesday show when you when you talked with them, John, but the the jukebox comment in the locker room yeah. that was like that's objectively funny. I know, and and that's where it's like because he came on my radio show and on my podcast yesterday, 
And I had to ask him that because I'm like, dude, that's something like my dad would say, you know, <laughs> like he's hearing this loud music. He's like, hey, turn that jukebox down. It's like, what? Who has a jukebox anymore? Um, but I, I saw that and I just laughed. So I'm like, I have to ask. I'm like, surely, surely somebody went up to him like, hey, coach, you, you know, it's not called a jukebox, right? But <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it just, that is just so like indicative of who Sam Pittman is, man. He's just a simple guy. He's just he's he does, he's not trying to be all you know pomp and circumstance or anything like that. He's just a run of the mill good old boy that coaches football. So uh, it was a funny comment uh, for him to say and for people to hear. And I think uh, everybody enjoyed hearing him have fun with it because that's what they like. They like seeing guys have fun, and he had fun with it. Moving to to on the field, obviously uh, a, a a huge win for the program last weekend. What is What's the vibe? What's the feeling heading into this game? Are, are fans confident? Do they think Arkansas can can come into Auburn and take the victory? Okay, well, I, I was laughing about that, too, because I like to do these poll questions for my radio show. And uh, I simply asked the question, I'm like, are you leaning towards a Razorback win on Saturday or a loss? Where, you know, I'm not saying people have to predict whether or not they win or lose, but where are you leaning? How are you feeling? 63% of my listening audience said leaning towards a win. So overconfidence is not uh, anything they're short of right now <laughs> against Auburn. But here, here's the thing. My opinion, I, I don't think Arkansas wins. Uh, I don't. I, I think that it'll be a much more competitive game than uh, what it has been in previous years. I think it'll be a hard-fought battle. I think it'll be an ugly game. I think uh, both offenses are going to struggle uh, and, and pretty mightily. But I just think Auburn's too talented. So... But the confidence is there, and I think that that's what Razorback fans have been missing for so long. They're like, yes, we can finally at least say we have a puncher's chance of winning an SEC game, which uh, I don't I don't know if you guys realize this, but I just found this stat that since Gus Malzahn's been the head coach at Auburn, he's averaged 46 points against Arkansas. Man, there is 46. nothing that Gus loves more than running up the score on Arkansas. Like, it is crazy. Yeah, like he he makes a, makes a point of it, and I don't blame him. I mean, I, I mean that's that's what makes – uh, some of these situations great when it comes to these matchups, but uh, I would be hard pressed to see them score that many points against Arkansas because I think Barry Odom and the job he's doing. Uh, I know it's all about matchups, but I think he's just—he's always going to have a game plan where he may not completely stop offenses, but he'll definitely slow them down and uh, try to make them do different things. So uh, I, I really see this game to be ugly, but I still think Auburn's just—they're just too talented not to win. And if they—and I'm telling you guys right now—and I said this on my radio show yesterday, and I want you guys' thoughts on it. If Auburn loses to Arkansas, and it's because of the offense struggling again, Auburn's got to make a move on Chad Morris right then and there. Like, they, they have to. I don't know if I'm saying they fire him, or but, you know, Gus may come out and do his, oh, I'm taking back over the play calling duty. Something like that. Because, listen, this is coming from people, someone who follows Arkansas and grew up a Razorback fan. If y'all lose to Arkansas, Heads need to roll, and it might need to be Chad Morris's. Well, I mean, as soon as halftime rolled around Saturday, I mean, people are already calling for Malzahn's job. And there's been, you know, this well-documented friendship between Malzahn and Morris. I don't know if he would do that to Chad. I, I, I really don't know if he would do that. I mean, should it happen if Auburn were to lose to Arkansas on Saturday and, you know, Auburn score six points again like they did against Georgia or something like that? I mean, even if it's, you know... 10, 12, I mean, 13 points. And, you know, Arkansas puts up, you know, kind of a similar offensive performance that, uh, that, that Georgia did. Yeah, I think it would be warranted. 
I don't think he would do it, though. Michael, do you think he'd do it? I do not. Yeah, um, I, 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 just, I, I just don't think, think he would. I think it's easy for us to forget, now that the, the games are back being played, that there was no spring practice or, or and you know uh, an abbreviated fall camp and no summer ball. Mm. So like these guys have only been learning the offense on the field for six weeks. And Chad Morris has only actually been with the players for like six weeks. Mm. Well, I, I like, I guess I like maybe because of that fact and because of the friendship, you know, that's probably an angle that would be that way. But Say, like, at the end of the season, like, I feel like we've talked about this before. I know probably on last time we've talked, Zach, on last year's podcast or whatever. But, like, this is a weird time, COVID and, you know, 10-game schedule and all that stuff. Like, yeah. It, what's, what's, what has to happen? Like, what's the threshold? What's the win total? What What is it going to have to be for Malzahn to not get fired this year? Because I'm not saying – because he's always under pressure. Like, we all know that. And he's always right. under pressure – and obviously what you guys said from last weekend's performance, people are pretty upset. But, like, what's it going to take? Like, what's the uh, what's the mark he has to get to this year in order to make sure that 2021 is a season he's still the head coach of Auburn? I mean, I think unless he goes, like, 3-7 and seven or 4-6, and six, I think anything above 5-5, five and five, he's there just because there's not enough money in the athletic department right now to afford the buyout because, you know, all of these – all of these athletic departments throughout the SEC, throughout college football, and you know, just throughout the country in general, there's no, there's no money because you can't have fans pay for stuff. So I don't think that they could afford his buyout, John. I, I don't, I don't see any kind of realistic scenario where Malzahn is not the head coach next year. Man, like I, I just I keep wondering because we all know in college football and just in football in general, like coaches, coach. Because how long this is uh, Malzahn's what seventh year, eighth eight. year, year eighth eight. year. Yep, like that's unheard of in college football unless right. you're like winning national titles. You know, like uh, you think about like guys like Mike Gundy. He's he you know he's kind of a a rarity, and we right. and for a coach that's never won a championship, like obviously Dabo and. Nick Saban and those guys, they've been there forever, but they've won titles. But, you know, it's just very rare that you see that. And honestly, I, I've always just found the situation with Auburn and Malzahn fascinating because, you know, they've they've had this on and off again relationship where it seems like, all right, Malzahn's finally going to get fired. Oh, crap, he beat Bama. Well, we better we better keep him on for another year. Just uh, it's always very interesting to see how a coach like Malzahn and a program like Auburn have this just up and down relationship where Gus does just enough, it seems like, to keep his job every year. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we jump back into our conversation with John Neighbors of Locked On, Razorbacks, want to uh, let you guys know if you've been listening to the show this week, and a lot of you have, really appreciate that. We are giving away a free yearly subscription to the Auburn Observer. We've partnered with Justin Ferguson for that, and of course he will be joining us tomorrow for Ferg Friday. That show, uh, that's become a fun thing that you guys uh, clearly love, and we uh, we absolutely love it too, so that's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, so we're giving that away. You got to text the five code words at the end of the week after Ferg Friday goes up tomorrow on Locked on Auburn. Um, today's code word, uh, let's just say podcast. Today's word is podcast. Simple as that. Well, first of all, let's be honest. All that really matters is beating Bama. Yes. Second of all, every time that it looks like he's about to get fired, he uses the opening in the Arkansas job to get more money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Because uh, Jimmy Sexton's his agent, right? And then his agent. Yeah. You know, yeah, there, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, he's out there wheeling and dealing. I mean, the timing uh, in 17 was, I mean, it was just incredible. And we all kind of saw it happening in real time. And, and John, you kind of came on uh, the podcast that I was doing at the time covering Auburn. And you were like, hey, you know, the, the Arkansas is going to go after him. They're going to go after mm-hmm. him. And then it ended up happening. And I think in most situations, Auburn would have been like, okay, go to Arkansas, Gus. Like, you do your thing, bro. But he beat two number one teams in the same month. It was the only, you mm-hmm. know, only co- I mean, just the timing was absolutely incredible with the opening at Arkansas and then, you know, those two number ones uh, with Georgia and Alabama coming to Jordan Hare that year. I mean, just uh, absolutely crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy yeah. stuff. And we get to blame you guys for that. So Yeah. And, and well, I mean, you think back to that time, because I, I think you probably guys probably agree. If if Gus Malzahn loses to Georgia and Bama that year, he's Arkansas's head coach. Like he it's, it's, like has to, because Auburn would have said, please leave, go. And Arkansas would have been like, hey, we're stupid. Let's hire him. He This guy just basically got fired from his last job. Let's hire him here. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing how timing and all that works out. Uh, works out as well. Which, by the way, since we're bringing it up, I'm going to bring up this conspiracy theory with y'all because uh, I want to know what your audience thinks in Auburn. But I also want to know what y'all think about this whole Malzon Chad Morris thing, real quick, if you'll indulge me. Um, so <laughs> I can't wait to hear I, this. Yeah. So I, this is one I think happened when the whole Malzon Arkansas Chad Morris thing went down. We all know that Arkansas fired Brett Bielema, and they also fired Jeff Long, their AD. And they were in this limbo, terrible situation, which I understand why both 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 those guys needed to go. They were terrible. But they were in a situation where it's like, all right, we don't have an AD. We don't have a head coach. We're basically doing the hiring process by our board of trustees in some suits like that aren't ADs. So it's going to be doomed from the start. They wanted Malzahn. They went after Malzahn. They offered Malzahn the farm. And Malzahn was like, you know what? Uh, I don't want the job. But... I tell you what, I have a guy that I know, personal friend of mine, who is amazing. He's a guru. He's the next best thing next to me. He's the next up and coming coach, and, and he runs this same style and the same philosophy as I do. His name's Chad Morris. He has to Texas ties. He's a high school legend. He's your guy. But in the back of Gus Malzahn's mind, he's like, I'm conning these people because I know this dude is not head coaching material. I know this dude is going to fail miserably, but I need one less team to worry about in the SEC West. So, yeah, Arkansas, this guy, you just just hire him, hire him. He, he'll be great. And then, of course, the Arkansas idiots that you know, weren't ADs were hiring like, well, if Gus says it, well, he would never lead us astray. Let's hire this man. And so they hired him. And I think Malzahn knew and kind of told Chad, they're like, hey, listen, man, it's a tough place to win at. If it doesn't work out, don't worry, don't worry. I, I'll have a spot for you on my staff at Auburn. Just, you know, just go there and uh, see how it goes. But, you know, if you fail, don't worry about it. Well, I'll, I'll make sure you're taken care of. Like, I don't know if all that's true, 
but it certainly looked like it, it could be a possibility. Like, I wouldn't put it past Gus Malzahn. I don't blame him for it if he did that. To try to sabotage another program, another division uh, rival or division opponent. Like, I, I wouldn't be. A, I wouldn't think that that would be such a bad idea. But that's my conspiracy is that it was all Gus Malzahn's doing, and he just happened to do the old bait-and-switch approach with the Arkansas people who weren't smart enough to know that they were being bamboozled and hired this guy. That's my conspiracy behind the whole thing. Interesting. Interesting. Does that have you gotten traction with that in Arkansas? I mean, what, what, what's the kind of feel behind that? Has that gotten any legs? Oh yeah. Like people have okay. said, you know what? That's pretty dumb, but it's dumb <laughs> enough to possibly be true. I like, think John, I think the biggest uh, issue with it is I think I think you're giving Gus too much credit. I don't know, man. Like Gus Gus is a guy that I've always feel like on the surface, he just seems like a very simple, good old boy. Because you guys got to remember, too, this is a guy that was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas when all that drama went down with Houston Nutt. Right. And, and, and so, and he worked the system in the behind, behind the scenes. Like he knew what he was doing. So I think that he is a guy that is very, he's very intelligent. I don't think he's maliciously conniving, right. but I do believe he is conniving enough to give him a competitive advantage to win, which is what you want in coaches. So I think that I think that he was able to uh, to do that because let's be honest, too, guys. Like this is also the guy, and I'm not saying he personally has done it, but you you've seen simple things like you know I remember the Arkansas Auburn game like in 2013 maybe or 2015 something like that, okay. where you know they had the Auburn player just kind of like uh, he was fine. They're like, hey man, we need a timeout, fake an injury, and they like just got sniped, like he fell on the ground. So right, you know, again, I, I just think that he's a coach, he's competitive, and he'll do whatever it takes to win, which is not a bad thing. I just think that, you know, some simple stuff like that or maybe some complex stuff like that, I just can't put past him. Interesting. Well, I, John, I will never turn down a conspiracy theory, and I think Michael's in the same boat there. John, let's talk about what's going to be on the field, what's going to happen on the field on Saturday at Jordan-Hare. What are you expecting Arkansas to do? I mean, you know this Chad Moore's offense pretty well. Um, sounds like a little too well based on, you know, the perspective and how you've talked about how you've had to cover it for the last few years. Uh, what do you think Arkansas is going to do defensively to slow down this um, this Auburn offense on Saturday? You know, it, it's I've been trying to I, I've been trying to look at some uh, you know game tape and all that from Auburn and their uh, opponents. And what's nice about it is that Arkansas and Auburn both have a common opponent already this year in Georgia. So I felt like that was a a pretty good indication of like, all right, well this these teams have faced this common opponent. Let's see. Uh, you know, what, what they both look like. And here's the thing. I believe that Arkansas, because Arkansas has done a phenomenal job at stopping the run. They, they have done a great, I know Mississippi State doesn't run the ball much, but against Georgia, especially in the early going, uh, and actually the rest of the game, because it was really about uh, Stetson Bennett being the guy that uh, performed really well against Arkansas. They were really good at stopping the run. And as we know with Auburn, they've struggled to establish the run this year, which Arkansas has too, which is surprising because both teams usually uh, were kind of known for their rushing attack. But uh, if if Arkansas or if, excuse me, if Auburn is going to, you know, really be good against Arkansas and vice versa, it's almost like the same game plan. You got to get the passing game going. Like, because I think that both teams, they're going to struggle to run the ball, but it's going to be between Bo Nix and Felipe Franks, which. You know, I think that there's some commonalities between them too, uh, as quarterbacks. So that's why I'm predicting this just to be a very ugly, maybe low-scoring type of game. That's a more of a defensive battle. It's just going to be more about which defense is better and also which offense makes the least amount of mistakes. 
So uh, I think that it's going to be uh, another struggle for Auburn to to move the ball effectively. Uh, I think they'll score more than six points like they get against Georgia, but I see them scoring less than thirty against Arkansas as well. John, I think that's uh, I think that makes sense. What do you think about the line? What it started like sixteen around sixteen and it's shifted to like two touchdowns now. That seems a little rich to me. It sounds like you agree. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think it started at eighteen. I think it was an eighteen. Okay, I never spread. saw it that high. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, four points. That's a ton, um, especially how quickly it is. I, and listen, you know, it's it's overreaction. Let's just be honest, man. It's like it, it's it's people seeing Arkansas's performance against Mississippi State and this Mississippi State offense that was supposed to be so high powered. They held them to fourteen points. And it's also the fact that Auburn only scored six against Georgia. Like didn't even score a touchdown. So. Both of those things mixed in is going to have people overreact when it comes to the spread. Uh, like I said, I just I just have this feeling that you know we're going to see a, a lower scoring game, and I still think Auburn's going to win. But I, I would be hard pressed to think that like I guess I'll give my score predictions later in the in the week once I get closer to it. But I just have a hard time believing that uh, this game is going to be high scoring by either team. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I could still see Auburn winning by two touchdowns. Like I could see a 28-14 final. Uh, I totally could see that. But uh, as as of right now, though, it's just hard for me to trust either one of these offenses right now to get it done. Yeah, I'm actually a little concerned about when Auburn's on defense. Um, we're hearing kind of rumors and rumblings that KJ Britt, Auburn's main linebacker, is going to miss a few weeks. I think that's going to be interesting. And honestly, I, I think this Auburn team as a whole, but especially the defense. I'm curious to see if they got their feelings hurt a little bit, getting pushed around against Georgia. I'm really curious to see how they bounce back from that mentally. And under Gus, they've been so much better at home than they have been on the road. So, you know, being at Athens versus at home and Jordan Hare against Arkansas, I mean, it's going to be two totally different things, or at least it could be. I'm curious to see, you know, Arkansas hasn't done a great job running the football. I bet. I just have a sneaky suspicion that Arkansas is going to have its best uh, rushing attack of the young season so far on Saturday. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know if it is, if you feel the same way, but it's like within two games of the season, it's just still hard to figure out a lot of these teams, you know, and in a lot of these matchups. Like, I just feel like uh, with what you know, what, I'm just looking at what both teams have done well. And, you know, where, where both teams are at, I don't think that Arkansas is better than LSU because they beat Mississippi State who beat LSU. You know, like it's just really hard to figure out these teams right now. But uh, I can tell you this, though, as far as uh, between these two opponents and like, I don't know how you feel about it, but do you feel like the Auburn defensive front is one of the is one of the strengths of this Auburn team? Because when I've watched their tape, that's to me like their their best part of their team right now is their defensive front am I uh am I seeing the wrong things or is that something that you've seen as well based on this season I would agree with you only for the second half against Kentucky first half against Kentucky they really struggled and then they struggled the whole time against Georgia I mean they got pushed around John they got pushed around I mean the whole front seven did and they got really banged up and so I don't know how you fix that at this point of the season, I don't know if it's a personnel thing or if it's a scheme thing or if it's just a, I mean, Rodney Garner, I think, is one of the best assistant coaches in college football. What he's been able to do with Auburn's defensive line over the last five or six years has been really, really fun to watch. And it kind of climaxed last year with Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. 
And a big story all offseason was, all right, how's Auburn going to replace those guys? And we were told by players, we were told by coaches, we were told by media that, you know, claim they had the inside scoop. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, it's going to be fine. Well, so far this season, it has not been fine. Tyron Truesdale was a great number two, but now that he's getting double teamed, now that Derek Brown has gone on the inside, you haven't really seen him. And then Daquan Newkirk, who's kind of been the, you know, the, the, the new guy inside there playing that three technique role, he hasn't really been able to win one-on-one matchups. Big Cat Bryant, your senior uh, defensive end, he was injured, missed the first half against, uh, against Kentucky. And then last week against Stetson Bennett, I mean, Stetson Bennett was able to outrun Big Cat Bryant. And like that's an issue. That is a, a big-time issue. And then they're starting a, a redshirt freshman in Colby Wooden um, as well. So it, it's just kind of been – I've been disappointed with the defensive front. Now, I'm mm, not as okay. concerned about that uh, as much as other issues on Auburn's roster right now just because I trust the coaching staff on the defensive side of the football way more than the offensive side of the football for Auburn. They're going to get that right. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, but as far as strengths right now on Auburn's defense, I guess it would be linebacker, but their best guy – or at least their team leader is out. So we'll have to see what that looks like. But, I, you know, John, I really believe Arkansas is going to have its best rushing output on Saturday of the season. I, that, is just, that is just what I'm putting out there. I don't feel good about it at all from an Auburn standpoint. Really? Okay. Okay. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's to me where it's like I still have a lot of things about this Arkansas team that I don't feel good about. And that's why I've even said to people, I'm like, you know, if Arkansas is going to win this year, they're going to win ugly. They're not good enough to win, like, pretty. <laughs> like, they're just not talented enough to do that. Pitt, um, I but, bet Pittman uh, might like that, ahead. though. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of think that's kind of what he wants. I mean, you think about, you know, your offensive lineman, your your offensive line coach. Uh, I think you kind of think about getting into the trenches, pushing guys around, doing what you need to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I think that's just kind of what that's going to look like for Arkansas, like you said this year. But that just may be the personality that he wants to instill into his team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. But I also think that like. Guys like uh, Kendall Bryles, the OC, like he wants to have a an explosive and fun big time offense. So, you know, I, I I just think that yeah, at this point in time, they have to win ugly, which I think a lot of coaches in their first year, especially with guys they haven't recruited, need to do and have to do. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know. I just I just think that you know four years from now, just thinking that Arkansas the talent has increased dramatically and they have guys that are you know NFL caliber guys at least. Uh, more so than they have right now. I just think you're going to see a much prettier uh, and much more efficient type of team than what you see right now. Because the coach, great coaches, just you know, deal the uh, play the cards they've been dealt, and you know, I think that they're going to try to continue on with that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I guess we need a bigger sample size for Sam Pittman and in, in this team. But I just have a feeling that, uh, especially this year at least. Uh, if they're going to beat, like that's why I keep saying, if they're going to beat Auburn on Saturday, like the way, only way they beat them is if it's like. 17 to 13 you know it's gonna be something yeah. disgusting like that so uh but I don't know hey as long as they win though I think Sam Pittman and the Razorback fans will take it right for sure man do you do you want to do a pick do you want to put our, our score predictions out there or are you gonna do that later in the week on your show yeah I can go ahead and do it um you know I was thinking uh in this game I still again I still think Auburn wins but I think it's close I think it's competitive but I also think it's ugly so uh I'll go out and I'll say uh Auburn wins 34, 34 to 21, 34, wow. 21. That's more points. Uh, I'm thinking Auburn wins like 23 to 13 
or so. Okay. That's kind of the, okay. the ballpark I'm thinking. So I, I'm just thinking less points, but kind of the same kind of the same spread there. But man, yeah. well, uh, I, I'm just looking at it from a perspective of hey, you know, may, I've, I've been trying to say that uh, all these games that Arkansas's played in so far were going to be high scoring. I'm like, and one of these times I'm going to be right. So <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that's this weekend. Maybe you know we all know about Malzahn and his scoring against Arkansas. So yeah, maybe that's when it all goes down. Yeah, maybe so, man. Maybe so. Well, hey, best of luck to you guys uh, this weekend and for the end of the season. And thanks for doing this, John. Absolutely, and thanks for uh, hopping on with us and. Uh, and you're doing a little cross-podcasting. It was really fun, man. And uh, looking forward to Saturday. Have a good one. Great stuff from John Neighbors. You can follow Michael Pappas on Twitter at CouchPapTato. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back for Ferg Friday tomorrow as Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.